0: Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza. And on this episode, I sit down with one of my favorite people, Joe Glooby. Joe was on this podcast quite a while ago now. The the episode number, in case you want to track down, because I highly recommend it, I think is 161. And the title of that episode was Sobriety Leaving Home, Landlord at 21, The Path Less Traveled, Selling Cars, and Buying Real Estate. This guy is an interesting character. I love sitting down with thoughtful, intelligent, well-spoken people. He is definitely one of those. He's had a kind of a wild ride of a life i'm you know i'm just not gonna lie it's been interesting and he's handled it all so well and now after battling addiction earlier in his life he's been um, sober for quite some time and he helps other people in the community he goes into a little bit of that not too deep into that area but he does cover that and i just respect this guy a lot and it was an opportunity to catch up with him And I really think you're going to enjoy this chat with Joe and he is in the car industry that that's uh, an interesting segue I just made uh, from from that intro to what he does. But he is in the car industry. So if you're listening to him and you want help with uh, buying a car and getting the best price and leasing a car and getting the best price, that's what he does. And he's been doing this for many years. You can um, find out about his services at carcostcanada.com that's carcostcanada.com and uh as another segue i guess um, if you want to find other interesting people in this area like joe glooby you can check out the rockstar inner circle membership by visiting rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash member and there you're going to see all the benefits you get as uh as you become a Rockstar Inner Circle member. And one of those benefits are the over 20 classes that you get access to, including Canadian Mortgage Financing class, how to use corporations for your your properties, legal second suites and garden suites, infill development, student rental class, invest like a developer, an e commerce class, property management class, know your landlord rights, joint venture classes. The list goes on and on and on. So you can find out all the benefits of becoming a Rockstar Inner Circle member by visiting rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash. Here, we are recording with Joe Glooby. You mentioned that about your ears just now. I had an ear infection in Croatia that left me with like ringing in the ears that's still lingering a little bit. And I didn't know through a bad, I somehow got a double ear infection. I I never get ear infection. Like both ears? Both ears. Really? I go to the doctor there and uh, I'm like, yeah, my ears are kind of clogged and kind of like ringing a little bit. And she looks at my ears and she has like a physical reaction, like, whoa. And she kinda of backs up. Like, like yeah. sludge. Yeah. She's like, You really have like some serious ear infections. I'm like, Really? I never I never get that. And uh they put me on antibiotics and you know, eventually clears up, but it's left me with a lingering kind of, I've always had a bit of tinnitus. I think it's called always, if I go to the gym and after I work out a little bit, I hear it a bit stronger. And it's one of the, one of the ear people were telling me the flow of air and why that happens and all this stuff, but it's left me with this tinnitus, and, uh, it's going away, but it's like, a slow process. Yeah. So it, uh, and now I've learned that some people, it takes five, six months for it to fully go away. And I'm on like month four and I can see it's progressing and going away, but it's an awful little thing to deal with. I'm not going to lie.
1: So I've had it. I don't know if it's tinnitus or tinnitus. Tinnitus. tinnitus, I think it's tinnitus. And, um, I was, I've been to too many rock concerts.
0: Yeah. And and you know what? I used to also work construction where they were just like blowing things up next to me constantly. We had no protection, but rock concerts might be even worse. Actually, Joe. So, so you're not allowed to have fun, Joe. When I'm fatigued,
1: I'm not allowed to have fun. I never have fun. Uh, when I'm fatigued, I get ringing in my ears now. Like if, yeah. I, like if I don't get enough sleep or like you say, exercise. That's actually what's
0: lingering for me. It's pretty much gone. But now we traveled to Florida. We're looking at a bunch of properties down there. Mm. Traveled a bunch of days. Yeah, had a, a bunch of alcohol. Or... I don't usually drink. But, you know, I'll usually have two glasses of wine if I'm going to have a bit of alcohol. A couple nights I had three or four glasses of wine. That's right. just way too much. And then coming back, going to the gym, I'm tired. And, it, and then it kind of... Yeah, pop. I think
1: that's what does it, I think. But also... I so I go to the audiologist every year and oh
0: you do eh? yeah huh for sure okay and because they can they track it I know it's no like they've they done the measurements it, with yeah. me and it's it's so insightful yeah, if you yeah.
1: keep going to the same people they'll eventually have like a chart yeah you know um, and uh, and so, uh, this last year or the year before they explained like it like it, the little filaments in there get a little bit damaged once they're damaged they're damaged for good right and infections or Impact can damage them a little bit. Hopefully, you don't really suffer from it. You no, luckily, to it, Tom, for, uh, you know, it's like it's like another voice in your head. Yeah, like, just
0: I have many voices going on, Joe. So a lot like, of activity another, going yeah, on in there. Another. So just one more Maybe thing. it just helps. You know, I kind of walk around, distract a little bit more. So my mind doesn't race into yeah, yeah, these yeah. weird rabbit holes that I like to go, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go down. So maybe it was actually a net positive for humanity that there I have. You go. There. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, I wanted to talk to you briefly before we get into some other matters. Um, I'm looking. I. Th- i was about to buy a car i'm thinking of maybe leasing a car my daughter's driving now we need another vehicle in the house yeah. um and my wife's car i think will become my daughter's car yeah are you still doing the whole lease thing
1: yeah so i run a company called car cost canada and car cost canada helps canadian consumers um understand the cost of a new car and and used cars as well and we um and we we connect people to car dealers so we don't actually sell cars ourselves we we have all the secret information like the hidden rebates the dealer's cost and what is a fair price to pay for a car given different market conditions so if you look at the last 5 years you know they were giving cars away in 2018 2019 by couldn't 20, get a car. <laughs> couldn't get a car by 2021, 2022. Yeah, where are we now? Yeah, it's a good question. Are we, are g- so getting them away again? I think you'll appreciate that uh, the demand for consumption is reduced, and so uh, we can right, see that in the real estate world. Right. We have yes. front row seat. Yes. <laughs> so, so consumption demand is is being crushed, and uh, I think we are. You know, so I don't know. You probably know this, but uh, uh, stats can revise the previous quarter so that we're not technically in a recession. Otherwise, we would already have two quarters. The I love row. how they do these revisions. Right. So they revise it from a negative a, to a positive. Put a headline oh, out. We're put point a, four ahead. We were point four behind, but we don't want to
0: announce we re- we're in a technical We relooked looked at the data.
1: We're actually all liberals here who run this. So we don't want to make the liberal government look <laughs> any worse than they already do. So we're not going to say we're in a technical recession. Oh my recession, God, what but, a world. But we're in a recessionary <laughs> environment, right? So what's happening is right there. We're not here to talk about this. Just, no. If anyone listening, there are other matters to discuss. This, We're is selfish. About- <laughs> this is selfish yeah, yeah. of me right now. So anyway, so supply in the U.S. for cars has exploded because the manufacturers have sorted for the most part their supply challenges. Uh, Chinese shipping is back to relative normal. And so the end result is the Americans get the cars first because the cars sell in the U.S. for a lot more net dollars than they do in Canada. So like a car that you look at in Canada that's $50,000, in the U.S., it's $50,000 U.S., Really? Yeah. I, I always close. thought it was cheaper. In the no, US. it's typically the Americans have been over the last 30 years. There's been 25 years where the Americans have come up here and scooped up all the used cars and five years, <coughs> excuse me, where it wasn't worth it. Oh, no way. Yeah. So, so one of the reasons we had a shortage of used cars is because when there was a shortage of new cars in the U S the Americans were all up here buying all our cars and taking them back to the U S and selling them down there. Uh, There's actually one of the largest Canadian car dealers in, in Quebec doesn't have a used car department. But they sell more cars than anybody else for their brand. And I asked him, why don't you guys have a used car department? And he's like, Well, I can just ship them to the US. I don't have any huh. retail consumers. I don't have any headaches. I get I the currency
0: any... arbitrage on that I Yeah. Guess.
1: Like it's a, beautiful. Right? And he ships like 1, a thousand cars a month
0: or eight hundred cars a month to the US. So I don't know if he's still doing it. So you guys will just break it down for somebody saying, Hey, here's the best price you're gonna get, here's the best rebates going. Yeah. On. So
1: you can so it's a subscription or a one time fee to go through you? No, it's uh it's to to get the basic level of
0: service. It's free.
1: So you go to carcostcanada.com and it's a free service and you get a free report that shows you um, what the dealer's cost is for the car that you're interested in, what all the interest, what the best interest rate available for the car you're interested in is, what the rebates are. If what about any. for
0: leasing? Nothing with leasing.
1: No, we give you the leasing rates as well, but we don't give you leasing calculations for free. So if you pay us after after doing that first report, if you say, "Well, I'm really interested and I really would like some help," for between 100 and 200 bucks one time fee, somebody like me who's an expert in the car business will walk you through that process and help you connect connect with a car dealer who will help finish the deal. And, you know, we'll evaluate whether or not it's good value, bad value. We'll find it. We'll go out and find somebody who gives you a better quote than maybe what you've already.
0: Seen. So, you know, people in the industry who work with you and
1: yeah. So CarCross Canada has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of car dealers all across Canada who work with us and are recommended by us to treat consumers better than maybe the average car dealer. And so that's all brands except for factory direct brands. So we don't we don't, you know, there's nothing we can do about a Tesla being retailed Mm -hmm. because there's no cost. You just pay what they tell you. And last week you pay fifty thousand, this week you pay forty-eight, thousand. Who knows what you'll pay next week? Mm -hmm. but that's also an indication of what I was saying before what I was about to say about supply. So because supply is ramping up, people like Tesla are the leading edge of dropping prices. I just saw an article this morning that says that by the middle of next year car prices will be flat from
0: last year. There will be no growth in the cost Mm. of new cars. That's their projection. I feel like cars are also the technology is changing so fast that four years from now, like to me, the Ford F one fifty electric, we've heard a lot yeah. of weird stories about it. Yeah. But I feel like four years from now, there are a lot of changes. We're going through this massive innovation change in I, the industry.
1: I like leasing for for the for the for the headline reasons that you're thinking about, and also the undertone reasons that people don't think about. So, what happens if something changes in two years, and you have a finance where you paid the tax and you've borrowed the money with zero down? So you take a five or six-year finance, the payment is much, much higher than the lease. If you want to get rid of that car and you go limping into the car dealership and say, can you buy my car back, they're going to look at how much you owe. And because you paid a 13% premium, which is your real dollars, out of the, at the top, you, it's hard to recover it on that loan, whereas on the lease, you're paying the tax as you go monthly. So you're, the, the new consumer only has to undergo the tax going forward. So the person who takes your lease isn't obligated. To no, take I never a loan. thought of it that way, right? So it's a lot easier to assume, quote unquote, take over a lease than it is to take over a, a car loan and people still do that. There's oh, buy, a huge buyer. business. I
0: knew there was before lease huge busters. One. I got an Acura way back yeah. when, on so that.
1: lease busters is an affiliated company, a car cost Canada. The same oh. guy owns both companies.
0: Oh, okay. And, I and used them way back when Nick and I needed to have a nice yeah. car and I couldn't really afford one. Yeah. I went they, to lease busters somebody was dumping a nice Acura. I got a great deal. It's gold. Yeah. So
1: to give you an idea, you know, when, when, when you're shopping for a new car today, Uh, like over the last year, let's say you're looking for an EV in Canada. So an EV in the States, they're discounting. They're giving them away. Okay? There's too many EVs on the lot. Come on. There's too many EVs on the lot. Thousands of overstock. Okay? So they're giving thousands off. In Canada, they're still holding for lover money and charging you over list price. But two years ago, a similar EV, like a Hyundai Kona or something like that, the, and again a Tesla is another good example. A model three. Two years ago, a model three might have been, let's say, fifty six grand and then it went up to sixty five grand. Mm. So if somebody wants to get out of their Tesla fifty six that they bought for fifty six grand and they got two years left on the lease, then you could take over that lease and probably pay less than what a new Tesla costs per month. Wow. But you only get it for two years. Yeah, it makes sense rent-
0: when you break it out like that. Makes so,
1: this- not every deal is like that. And then some consumers will have gotten raked over the coals and now they're desperate to get out because they can't afford it or whatever. And they'll pony up like five grand. Like here's a check for five yeah. grand and my car.
0: <laughs> I think that's, <laughs> what, I think that's space, what I got on the right? lease busters way back so, when she wanted out of this Acura so quickly. Yeah. I got like a ridiculous payment because she, oh, that's what it was. She had put a bit down on this lease to drop. Yeah, so you it got free money. I got free money on this lease. My payments were lower. I thought it was, okay, I just so, had to go to Acura Sherway and sign over the lease paper. And I walked away with this beautiful car. It was right. a win. So here's the worst thing that people don't
1: understand about new car legislation in Ontario today. And this is really Ontario-centric, but it's true of many provinces in the country because Ontario kind of drives the bus for a lot of things. So if you have a minor fender bender with your car and you claim it on insurance because it's three, four, five thousand $5,000. Doesn't matter if you're at fault. It has nothing to do with fault. It's strictly what happens to the car. The car got fixed by the car insurance company. Car insurance companies, the governments of Can- all the provincial governments and the used car uh, industry are all in cahoots because of consumer protection legislation that says we don't want the new used car buyer to be screwed over and not know there was an accident. So what ends up happening is all accidents that that you pay for got in it. a normal fashion are recorded against the VIN number of the car, okay? So if you have a if you have a car that you've bought and you're trading it in and it's had a minor fender bender, they devalue the car against you because they know they can't sell it to the next mm. consumer for the same money as one that hasn't yeah, had an accident. Got it. So a car that's had any kind of a smash, any kind of a smash that's been recorded on insurance is worth less than a car that hasn't. With a trade in, you're gonna suffer that de- de- decline say you don't in go value. Through insurance? Say no, no, you, no, no. Well, say you don't go through insurance. The car guys for 50 years have been experts at identifying damaged cars that have been repaired. Yeah, I got it. So I can look at any car and tell you if it's been painted. No, you can't. Any oh, car. Come on, uh, any car.
0: We're going outside to my any car later. Car.
1: Yeah, I can find it. I can. I can find it because there's there's telltale stuff when it's been yeah. painted at the factory. The seams are all uniform. When they're painted afterwards, the they're painted typically on the car. So the leading edges, the bottom of the door or the top of the door, will have. Mm a little yeah. extra, a little bit too little paint. There's a lot of ways to find painted cars. So if it's been painted, it's a problem. It's going to get devalued with a lease. The leasing company is the owner of the car. They carry their own insurance to, gar- to guarantee against the devaluation that they're going to experience mm-hmm. when you drop the keys off so they don't hold you liable I for just, that damage. I just
0: haven't liked payment. You know, I kind of went through always having payments, then I went through a period of my time where I didn't have to have payments. Yeah. So I currently don't have car payments, but now yeah. I'm like, oh, maybe this next one I do entertain a lease but it depends transition. on your needs if you're gonna yeah. keep
1: it for 10 years having two four-year leases and, an en- and then a two-year lease is way, way more expensive yeah than i just feel like i want to ride out ownership. the
0: next few years with this transition in the car industry i feel like so much is happening right yeah. now i wouldn't mind just doing this little like four-year stop who's it, who's mind. it gonna be for carol yeah
1: yeah. So the advantage for somebody like Carol is that she—I'm looking at a picture of her—is is that uh, hi Carol. Hey. So uh, so she, so you know the advantage for Carol is you know you guys are doing great in your lives. Why not give her a nice car every three or four mm-hmm. years that gets the latest safety technology, that gets the latest features, that gets the latest and greatest of everything? It doesn't have to be a top of the line, you know, G wagon. Right? No, yeah, but, we're but, not going there. No, no, yeah. but it doesn't have to be. Yeah, I But, got, I got but what if you're you saying. get if you get a, if you get whatever price, you know, mid sized, yeah. you know, SUV today, uh, you know, Lexus RX or whatever, it's it's way 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 better than one from five years ago, and way way better than one from ten years. Yeah, ago. Yeah, it really feels. So like if you hold on to and they're going to continue that's going to continue it's always going to continue because they always are trying to leapfrog each other right so today i love my you know volvo whatever right tomorrow i see this technology and you know i don't want to commit to it. i'm a little worried about what happens when it's not in warranty anymore so i get a lease that's three years it's got a three-year warranty and here's the keys it doesn't matter if it got yeah. smashed yeah it doesn't matter the only issue is mileage and the only issue is ensuring that you can pay for it as long as you can pay for it yeah but again, it's way more expensive net net than keeping a car for 10 years.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. No agreed. And she's been really good at just uh, taking care of her cars. We've always kind of gone the 10 year thing.
1: Right. Low kilometer. Absolutely. She takes great care of Well, that's the Karadza family. Like what of <laughs> the famous story of the Civic, right? Or the, the Civic uh, or, the yeah, yeah. or whatever. We both pushed it.
0: Nick pushed it harder than me, but yeah, we yeah. both pushed The Honda Civics are great. <laughs> I loved my Honda Civic. There you go. Eighty dollars for a new tire. Yeah, yeah. I think when I'm so on, not I, eighty I, anymore. No, well in my brain it's <laughs> yeah, still it's yeah. still t- it was substantially cheap. I remember when I, I, I don't drive an X five anymore, but I was driving the X five and I had one of those run flats. Yeah. And I bought the story that they couldn't be repaired. Yeah. I exact. went back to the dealer to get it repaired and they're like that's going to be uh 650 plus tax plus install. I don't know. It was like $850. I'm like, yeah. well, timeout. I just have like a flat here. Can yeah. you just like seal the hole? Like the tire <laughs> looks completely fine to me. And then uh, I, the first time I actually paid it and it, it wow. scarred me for life, I think. And then one of the car guys I met is like, no, we can totally repair that. I think it goes out of the run flat warranty right. or whatever. Right. And I for, next time I repaired it, I think for like $65 or whatever he charged me. Yeah. But uh, those tires, whoa, holy smokes. Anyway, I wanted to, so thanks for all that. Yeah. yeah. Wise words of wisdom from yeah. our. Anybody who wants any help, carcostcanada.com. Yeah, for, appreciate for that. car buying that down for um, car buying,
1: for car leasing, for new cars, for used cars, carcostcanada.com. And
0: uh, before you leave, we're walking in the parking lot and you're going to put stickers on everyone's car who used, <laughs> you can tell had a paint job <laughs> after the factory. Uh, uh, excuse me. It looks like you've had a paint job. We've yeah, identified yeah. you with a sticker. Yeah, you need to trade that car in. It feels like a lot of mess going yeah. on in the whole world right now when I just said that. Anyway, um, can Yeah. Uh, What have you been up to? The last time you were on, you gave us, for anyone listening, it was some time ago, and it was probably the the most jaw-dropping podcast I had ever done, and still to this day, just going through your past. Um, we'll put a link to that. I never say this, but we will put a link to that previous episode in the <laughs> show notes. If you want to know that was just so infi- insightful for That's you. Not go, good. No, for you to go through <laughs> what you've been through. Like you have an incredible journey and story and like you're, you're an incredible human. Well, thank you. Um, it's, uh,
1: I, my goal coming into this was not to get an ego stroke. So we'll no, no. Um, see so what
0: ends w- up what's happening. What's going on now with, with you? Like, who are you helping? What are you up to? What's going on with Jeff?
1: Yeah. So I think the easiest way to do this for anybody who doesn't want to slog through the other message is to say that, hi, I'm Joe and I'm a drug addict. And luckily I don't use drugs anymore and have them for a long time. I was showing Tom beforehand. I'll flash it. I'll do that. It's a little medallion. That I, I, tried, to, that at... I tried to steal from you. Yeah, I tried to steal it. It looked like You're Bitcoin. Like, no. he's, like, yeah. he's like, is that a, is that, does that represent is that a Bitcoin? physical is representation that, of Bitcoin? Yeah. Anyways, um, so I've been clean a long time. I've been clean and sober a long, long time. 29 years, it'll be 30 years on December 18th. Wow, congrats, So a long time. Um, My journey prior to that, actually, I had two very interesting conversations while waiting for Tom, who was late today. (laughs) He asked me to come early, and then he shows up late. Anyways, uh, uh, one was with Anthony in your office, another was Josh, one of your one of your, uh, Oh wow. You're meeting Rockford everyone. Guys. And, and the conversation with Anthony, he said, you know, what was interesting and unique about the last podcast was that probably a lot of people feel some of those feelings have made some of those decisions, have had some of those problems, but aren't prepared to publicly talk about it. Mm. And also, you know, can benefit from, uh, from hearing kind of how you get through it, how I got through it. And so that's kind of what Anthony said that I thought was neat. And and yeah, like, uh, and then I told Josh, he said, what do you do for a career? And I said, well, I've been in the car business since I was, you know, quite young. And I said, it's interesting because one of the things I'm going to say in this podcast is that I used to steal cars, then I started selling cars. <laughs> hey,
0: you probably know a lot about them. If you I know a them. lot about cars. You know, it's like my friends yeah. who used to be the best thieves are now all cops. Yeah. You know what That's I mean? Right. It's just how it works. And I actually know somebody who was
1: a cop. Who wound up incarcerated oh, for no. a long time as a drug addict? Oh gee. And uh, they were a cop. They were, you know, they did a whole bunch of things. They were a cop, then they were a criminal, and now they're, you know, now they're not. Now they're neither. Yeah. Um. So, you know, my journey for for addiction today, it's it's framed under mental health. So, okay. you know, in the 80s and 90s and before that, there was definitely much more of a stigma. Um. It was, it was really hard to comprehend. I come from a good family. There's no obvious signs of addiction or trauma, and there really was no trauma. It's truly how I interpreted things that happened to me with my, what I would call today, juvenile or immature mind. Oh,
0: that's interesting. So it was your processing.
1: So it was my interpretation of my own experiences that led me to a series of conclusions, that led me to a series of behaviors, that led me to a series of additional results and conclusions. I shouldn't smile, I just flashing back to some of your stories are just so wild. (laughs) So like, I'll I'll tell you this, I, I also, I've been to another practitioner this morning, I went to a service provider this morning for my chiropractor. And my chiropractor is a wonderful, wonderful guy and uh, very spiritual. And I said to him, you know, one of the reasons that I associate myself with certain service providers is because they provide spiritual support in ways that sometimes they understand, sometimes they don't understand. Hmm. And so, you know, what I was saying about, you know, my actions produce certain results, my continuous repeated actions produce certain results. I thought of you and, and, a, and, a, and a rant that you probably wrote sometime in the last three, four five months that was related to that, where you're talking about, you know, if I, if I do consistent work over time, I get certain results. If I don't do the work, how can I possibly expect those results? Well, if the work is negative, which it was for me for a long time, I resisted authority. I resisted my family. I resisted school. I resisted everything. I bought into the counterculture and I lived that life, um, I got a certain set of results. I wound up incarcerated, I wound up miserable, I wound up thinking I was insane. Um, convinced I was insane. Wow. And, you know, what's interesting to me is when I started to try to stop and couldn't stop the life that I was living, that just emphasized that I was insane. And today, um, I see people who are going through the same thing? Like the everybody's aware, or maybe not everybody's aware, but there's a you know there's a huge um, there's a there's a pandemic that's killing a lot more people than the. Mm. It's not a pandemic; it's an epidemic. Are you talking about this fentanyl thing? Yeah, drug. Yeah, and there's, there's so what what is yeah two. what's going on? There's yeah. two. There's two. There's fentanyl and there's methamphetamines and their derivatives, and basically one is opiates and one is. Uh, well, one's an amphetamine, and so these are street drugs that are con- that can be consumed in micro doses, like the head of your pen, the the little yeah. part, the rollerball part, right? So that silvery, coppery part on the tip of your pen—that's enough fentanyl to kill somebody wow so imagine you're a street addict and you want to use some drugs to get high and you have just put a little teeny tiny too much in and then you're dead and so you know this you can look it up bc fentanyl
0: is a derivative of it's a what? it's
1: a it's a synthetic opiate so it's synthetic, a synthetic heroin so somebody's figured out this is, is this a new it thing? has a purpose its purpose fentanyl was was developed to be a painkiller so fentanyl uh, oh. is managed. Uh, it's, okay. it's a it's a it's a drug that's utilized in the medical services for. It's one of those ones that's always
0: locked up or whatever. Yeah, you absolutely.
1: Do uh, and so a tiny tiny amount can be very very dangerous. And it's got out into the streets in a big way. Oh yeah, big, big way. And it gets mixed with
0: other things and you don't know what you're consuming. It's a and when I see those videos of people who look zombie like, that's fentanyl mixed with something that's kind of numbing them or something. No, the fentanyl is numbing. So oh, the fentanyl, fentanyl, fentanyl is itself. a
1: downer, it's like a powerful alcohol. It just takes you down to the floor. Literally lays you on the floor. So that's what heroin does. It just lays people on the floor. They just sit for sometimes days. <laughs> and and it's physically addictive. So
0: So as soon as you're done a little bit,
1: you You need more. And you can't actually go more than a day or two without it once you start using it regularly because you get chemically changed and your body you just suffer. You get very, 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 very sick. You can die actually from the withdrawal of alcohol and fentanyl um, because your body becomes accustomed to it and needs it. And so there's a there's a medical process to actually get off drugs and alcohol when you consume it to extreme.
0: Back in what you saw in the 80s and 90s, I don't know if you were self-aware enough to really make a comparison. Is there a big comparison, you know, a difference between today what you're seeing on the streets versus back then? Yeah, like, it's are worse. We it's are, worse. No, we're, we're, So, there, worse so, by number or worse by intensity?
1: Both, so, so <clears throat> you know, and it, it jibes very well with a lot of stuff that you talk about. You know the destruction of the middle class. Mm. So imagine the, the 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 person who, and this is not everybody because I was part of the upper middle class. I was telling you before, my mom was a lawyer and eventually a judge, so I wasn't poor. Uh, I was just resentful, bitter, and childish.
0: And yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I like um, the way you just so concisely sum it up. Here were my problems. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you've obviously done a lot of work yeah, on yourself. You have to, to, right? to Sum it up like yeah. that. <laughs>
1: yeah, and and. and But I think that I think that resentment,
0: Mm.
1: bitterness, and immature responses to resentment and bitterness can be focused at society. They can be focused at circumstances that occur in your life. If you experience, if somebody experiences a trauma, for example, they're a black kid in a white school and they get mistreated, and they and they and they don't manage it uh, well, they have a terrible experience. That can change somebody to the point where they hate themselves. They hate the world and they want to escape it. And the easiest way to escape is alcohol. It's the easiest way to escape. It's free, it's available, not free, but it's available, it's wildly, wi- widely available. Um, teenagers drink it, you know, it's very common. And it's, you know, alco- alcohol is flat out a gateway drug for some people who have a predisposition to addiction. It's a, it's certainly a gateway drug to every single person that I know, who's a recovering addict today, and people don't consider it a drug, but it is a it is a very powerful powerful drug you were talking about it before I don't know if we recorded it or not about my white wine but yeah, yeah yeah we did record it mm-hmm, right I you know so. you have a few extra drinks yeah. and all of a sudden it changes you and maybe puts you a little bit more immune you know there's all kinds of science that one drink helps your immune system and three drinks damage
0: you yeah, I can only totally tell the difference it's between just, two drinks at dinner versus three or four absolutely it's like ne- absolutely
1: and so if you have a predisposition emotionally to want to avoid feelings of negative feelings and again I'm no psychologist I'm no doctor. I'm a drug addict. Well, you've lived through it. I've lot. lived through it. And I've also heard many, many people talk about their experiences. And that's all I have. All I have is anecdotal and my own kind of personal experience. So take what I say with a grain of salt. And there's going to be a psychologist or a psychiatrist out there. It's like, who is this guy? We I got to get actually, on this we podcast. Do, we do have psychologists who yes, listen to you know, this. Yeah. yeah. yeah you got to get one of those <laughs> psychologists to come and give the real, the Every real Every once real, in a while, i get an email the from him. You
0: know, the way you said that on that podcast kind of leans me to believe this about You.
1: You They're analyzing. So, you know, for me, um I I developed a low Mm self-esteem. One of the most interesting things about one of the two podcasts I've done in the past with you is that you called me out on it. Mm -hmm. You and Nick both called me out on it showing my low self-esteem during the podcast. And what I tend to do is I tend to, you know, today I tend to be self-effacing and I tend to like, m- you know, minimize my accomplishments and tell you that I'm not as good or I, you know, and you guys reacted to that, like, no, you should really toot your own horn and be, feel good about what you've done and feel positive about who yeah. you are. And because when you feel positive, And so again, I started to say, and we got off it, but I started to say that, you know, that you have no idea how spiritual and how spiritually nurturing rockstar real estate is. Mm-hmm. You have, and maybe you do, but you know, I think Nick's the more introspective one. So he probably is
0: more aware of that. We're trying, I think we are <laughs> trying to communicate with people at a different level Absolutely. than just about money itself. Yeah. Cause to me, life's more about, about that. And I, I feel of watching people over the years, how you feel about yourself. You can see people there's a physical manifestation of the way someone feels inside with their outer world. Like, I can't argue that anymore because I, I see it so many times I can see it in my own life yeah. for my own, you know, habits that maybe were somewhat negative, maybe in different degrees, Joe, than to what you've been through. Sure. But I can see it in a lot of rock star people when they come in and they talk to us about their lives and then what their physical life looks like. I'm, I, I just, life's a bit of a mirror. The physical mirrors the internal, you know. And-,
1: and okay, so so that is both true of sliding into depravity, destruction, dereliction, uh, devastation. A lot of D words. A lot of alliteration going on there. And it also is happiness, health, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, uh, personal enjoyment, personal satisfaction. It, it, it's both. If if we have habits of behavior that are going to be destructive, then eventually they're going to get more and more and more destructive. It's very difficult to, as everybody knows, you can't really sit still, right? You're either
0: moving forward or you're moving back. Remind me what was the, uh, I guess there's several, but in your mind, what was one of the critical moments that turned your either thinking or, you know, the life around what was one of them? Cause I'm sure it was like a multi-step thing. Yeah. But so, what, what was one of them?
1: So ironically, the first thing that comes up is running out of money. Yeah. <laughs> then you just had to make a choice. It, what happens is, 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 is what happened to me? Not what happens is what happened to me was that I, traveled a path where I would steal, I would lie, I would cheat, I would take advantage, but it takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of mental energy, mm-hmm. takes a lot of physical energy. You're literally running away from people sometimes, right? And, oh, right? shit. Right? It's tough and, way to live, man. And, 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 you know, think about a lie. Think about managing a big oh. lie how complicated mentally it is, right? So there's a lot of energy. So it's destructive in ways that it deteriorates you physically and emotionally, not only because you're consuming drugs. And like, like one of the stories that I like to tell people is that, um, there was a period of my life where I weighed, I weigh 165 pounds today and I'm light. I lost some weight. You're looking good. thank you. And, uh, anyways, um, when I got clean, I weighed 115 or 120. Wow. Okay. I used to eat a piece of bread about every week like one piece of bread. I would have to force the bread in because I didn't want to eat at all. Why? Because the drugs that I was consuming uh, destroy appetite. They just shut down your appetite completely and you never sleep. So I would go four, five, six days without any sleep at all and be cognizant of the fact that I was still peeing. So I'm like, wait a minute. I'm 98% water, I'm peeing, I'm not drinking any water, and I'm not eating any food. So I'm literally peeing my life down the toilet. So the first thing that happened for me that started getting me on a path to change was realizing I was peeing, I was literally peeing my life down the toilet because we're all water, we're 98 What's the water.
0: thought that goes through your mind? I need to make a change. Yeah. And that
1: happened. That probably started happening when I was 14 and I didn't get clean until I was 27. So, 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 so I want to make a change. How do I make a change? Can someone speak to you at that moment? People did. Lots of people do. That's what I mean. And what and happens I mean, is, there ha- in, in my experience, there had to be a willingness on my part to give up all of it. So we have all kinds of expressions, right? Give up the, low, the high cost of low living is one of them. Give up the high cost mm-hmm. of low living. Another one is um, uh, uh, the only thing you have to change is everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. And, and, and right. And, yeah. and there's some truth in that in all aspects of living life. But when you've, when you're really in a destructive place and you're really unhappy, you're really miserable with how you're living your life. The truth is, is that a, some, some kind of, organic or emotional or spiritual submission. So organic being I'm institutionalized, I'm arrested, you know, there's a trauma with my spouse or whatever. There can be all kinds of different organic submissions where I just say, I've had enough, whatever it is, it's ultimately it comes down to I've had enough. I need to seek change. And thank goodness for me that there was people in my sphere, who were cognizant of the fact that I probably needed to seek change years earlier. And they were just waiting for me to ask for help. Hmm. And so friends, family, mostly family.
0: Yeah. They hadn't given up on you.
1: Yeah. My, I, I, I tell the story. Erica, I love you. My sister, Erica, she used to call and these no are obviously before cell phones. She used to leave. I never answered the phone, but she'd call and she'd leave a voicemail like once a week. She'd leave a voicemail. But she's every, thinking about you. She loves you. a voicemail every week. And so. What,
0: what did you feel when you listened to that voicemail? Humiliated, embarrassed, ashamed. <sighs> right. And so I never called back. But it helped.
1: Well, it. So we talk about today. We talk about how it ruins the enjoyment of using
0: drugs. (laughs) Mm. So if you have someone in your life going through something, leaving those messages is is worth it.
1: You want to proactively ruin somebody's enjoyment of using drugs and excessive alcohol? Be Mm. unfailingly kind. So what we say
0: today. <laughs> it sounds so <laughs> hilarious. just hearing that. So, but obviously it works. It's almost like. Because you get mad. Sh- it shames. It almost. Yeah, mad. You and I guess at some points it shames you almost into yeah. making a change. If you love them. You can't. Sh- yeah. And it's, I'm not saying shame. I'm not trying to use shame as the right approach. No, but I just mean, I think that could be one of the emotions that you feel when someone being super kind. You're and you're in that situation. I'm not 100%. saying to proactively try to shame someone That's correct. as a method to get yeah, them to change. the change.
1: The model of love and support. What ends up happening in my sphere. So you're asking me what I'm doing today. So what happens in my sphere today is is people get attracted or find out about opportunities to learn about their addiction. Um, they go online, they, they have a practitioner who tells them, you know, go here, there's a meeting happening and they walk in and people give them attention. They give them hugs. They're nice to them. They're happy. They're healthy. The people they, they walk in, they see these happy, healthy, smiling people. Um, and they get a little bit of kindness and a little bit of love and they a little bit of support. And, and then we tell who we were. I, I tell people what I did and how I felt and where mm-hmm. I was in life. Mm-hmm. And they're like, wait, that's kind of like me. And yet look at you now, like you're nothing like that today.
0: So you can, so they see, they see the, the evidence
1: of the change and that Helps
0: with some buy-in, and and that's in a uh, some kind of ongoing session meeting, or they're living in a house where this is happening. Yeah. So,
1: so for for there's lots of methods of getting. Okay. Okay. Okay, there's lots of methods yeah, of getting sober. There's medical methods, there's hospitals, there's other institutions, there's, there's halfway houses, there's um, detox centers. So when somebody is really heavy into fentanyl or methamphetamine or alcohol or cocaine or crack cocaine or any of the big drugs that are on the market today... They need to get to a hospital or a detox center because they can die when they stop using. They can literally mm-hmm. die because mm-hmm. they don't know how to take care of themselves. They may not know. There, there may be a medically um, indicated need to treat them in a variety of ways. So getting to a hospital is a good place to start. And the hospitals obviously are tapped into all of the available treatment options, which include self-help treatment options, which include um, uh, guided treatment options like with counselors
0: you're you're spending your t- some of your time in this world what are you doing
1: yeah so are you, you know, allowed to talk about this i'm allowed a little bit and in some ways not so i'll yeah. explain it this way so i checked in with somebody who knows more than me about this just before i got here and and so uh, you know i'm i I got sober with a combination of the things that I'm describing so I went to a, a treatment center an alcohol drug rehabilitation treatment center I was so messed up it was a th- it was a 90-day program I was so messed up they said you know you should stay for another 90 days
0: and then, <laughs> so they you're, came you're one of the success stories yeah. in a different kind of that's way
1: that's right <laughs> hey, hang around a little longer <laughs> that's right and uh they told me later they never done that for anybody before no way. So a little bit Trailblazer. Unique, yeah. trailblazer so you know but I had nowhere to go and nothing to do so I'm gonna <laughs> Will stay right. <laughs> oh, uh, what? Well, so, thank anyways, God you did, yeah. So that. Alcohol drug rehabilitation treatment center is called Hope Place Centers. It's in um, it's in the Halton uh, region. It's uh, Hope Place Centers. It wasn't called that when I went, but they've tra- the name is transitioned. And Hope Place Centers is for men and for women. They are separate. Women go to a women's treatment, and men go to a men's treatment. And Hope Place Centers provides uh, peer counseling. Uh, one-on-one counseling, group therapy sessions, and exposure to outside um, long-term support networks like Alcoholics Anonymous, like Narcotics Anonymous, uh, Cocaine Anonymous, Gamblers Anonymous. And all of those, if the word anonymous appears in that way, there's even a Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous. There's a whole bunch of them, Sex Addicts Anonymous. So there's a whole bunch, and they all have something in common that, that they are following a 12 step model, which some people uh, have bought into and really believe in, and some people get exposed to and struggle to accept or don't believe it's the right model for them. But, but when people get exposed to these outside sources of support, it's all optional. Everything's optional in life. Like we have choices. Mm-hmm. Like, one, you know, every day I get up and I thank God for living in Canada, as I'm sure you probably do as well. Mm-hmm. I, I, and, I criticize it lately a lot, but overall,
0: yeah, yeah. Pretty, 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 pretty good place. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, you know, we have the freedom of choice. We have the freedom if we want to destroy ourselves. We have the freedom if we want to wreck ourselves. We have the freedom if we want to change ourselves. We can, you know, I went from, I literally got clean with an electric frying pan as my primary possession that I was carrying around. I don't know why. I, I remember those. I an electric, forgot
0: about electric. So plug it, it in. Had, like, had the a buttons lid. On the front that's or something, right. like and on the handle or something. And yeah. And you had the handle yeah, yeah, yeah. and
1: you turn up the temperature and you could cook your whole meal <laughs> oh inside God, this pan. Yeah. Had a little vent on it. Yeah, so no, they're pretty handy. Smoking. Actually, that's
0: a probably a good thing to travel around with. in yeah. situation. That's what you <laughs> no, need
1: to cook no. some food. <laughs> I had some possessions in storage, but for some reason, the electric frying pan and the knapsack and a change of clothes was pretty much what I had on me when I went into the treatment center. And, you know, now today I might have a little bit more possessions than that, you know, a couple of houses. Um, I'm I'm divorced a few years, so you know, between the two of us, you know, a whole bunch of houses. <laughs> uh, but you know, uh, at the at the end of the day, um, those choices um, are are about uh, two things: having an open mind and being willing to change. Mm-hmm. So for me. Whenever I see somebody, and so in my circle today, I am still available uh, and still go to meetings where new people who are struggling with their addiction show up and, uh, build relationships with people and try to help those people. And I do it in a variety of different ways. I, I help organize some of these meetings that happen and I help, uh, and I attend the meetings and just as a participant, and I share a bit of my story and who I am and how I'm feeling. And a lot of it is how I'm feeling today. Uh, you know, like, 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 life is good today. Like, um, I've never felt better about myself. I've never felt better about my circumstances. And I just mentioned I'm divorced, and I probably awesome. lost half of everything I had financially, but I've never felt better about myself.
0: I've never tied um, my finances right, to has nothing self-worth, to do with self-image Yeah, good thing. for you. Yeah, good for this you. Is too, they're two completely separate. Yeah. I just want to mention something about you, because you're very analytical about your own life, and I think sometimes critical. You don't realize the benefit, like just coming in here, the way you are with people, you rub off this kind of positivity. And I think that's probably hard for you to accept in some ways. Yeah, Yeah, I can see that. And, and, and I just want to say something like from my experience on life, like life is like a perfect balance. So if you go through and look on a scale of one to 10, um, where you would rate yourself as a, Person in whatever kind of evaluation you would give when you were really going through that time between 14 and 27. And let's say you would give yourself a score of negative (laughs) nine. Well, then that means to me, the impact you're having today is at least a plus nine. Like if you were, you were, you know, you, you went through so much and life is a balance and now you're giving so much. And I think it can be just hearing you. There's just some, I don't know if it's words or feeling you give off where I can see it's hard for you to accept that. But when you're talking to Nigel here and you spoke to Josh and you spoke to Anthony in our office earlier and you're speaking to me, you really make people around you think about their own lives and it's helpful to talk to you because you bring a perspective that someone like me has never really had. I didn't go through what you went through, but then you then challenge me hearing what you went through. You, I challenge myself to just think about my own life and like what I went through and how can I change and how can I move the needle a little bit more forward and not to, show anything else to anyone about myself, just for me, how can I live in integrity? How can I live a life that's going to make me feel proud? So you give this off, Joe. I just want you to know that. Well, I appreciate that. I,
1: I, I will say that, um, you know, the dating world in your fifties, right? So I will say that, uh, meeting people, a lot of, a lot of people will say things like, you know, well, what do you enjoy doing and what's fun for you? And of course I have hobbies and there's lots of things I do. I ride a motorcycle, I play golf and you know, I like to travel and there's a bunch of things, but what's the most fun for me is talking mm-hmm. about important things, whether they are spiritual things, um, success, um, health, Sound familiar? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Right. And, and so, you know, I have a problem with central banking. So I yes, talk about that a lot. lot. Where Where's the spiritual thing coming up? You've said that now a few times. Where is yeah, that coming so, from in your life? So, so spirituality, I don't know really what it means to people.
1: Um, what it, so what it means to me, it, I, you know, all the things I had thought I was going to talk about today, I didn't think I was going to say anything about this. So I, I don't know what to say exactly, except that, um, I had, I had a variety of experiences in my life that suggested to me that I was doomed, that I was guaranteed to go nowhere, to be unhappy, and to die miserable. And I asked for help. I got help in a way that was totally unexpected. It was totally, totally out of left field. And the end result of that was a new journey that has given me an awareness that I am a part of something much bigger than me, that I am not just a small ant walking on the earth with no purpose, but that I am, I am that ant. I'm not a big significant guy, but I'm also somebody who has value to offer the world value to offer my immediate relationships value to offer myself most important the value to offer myself. <laughs> yes. And so the spirituality for me is is it's you know, it's not religious faith based. We were to we were joking around about our religions before we came on the podcast and and you know, I think I think you and I would both agree that uh the world would be a much better place today if people could let go of disharmony and recognize that, you know, the way you love your kids is pretty much the way I love my kids, and I don't really want my kids to, uh, you know, suffer or experience world war three or experience, uh, an increasing unlikelihood of being able to own a house or, I mean, there's a million things that we don't want our kids to experience and they all, you know, if we can just stop conflicting so much and just start cooperating. And so to me, spirituality has something to do with that, you know, karmic cosmic, let's all sit in the love in a 1969, uh, you know, hippiedom, but, but it, 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 it it's supposed to be about being kind. And so I was telling the chiropractor this morning that one of the things I love about rockstar is that your number one kind of top line measuring stick when you're in conflict as a company is what's the next right thing to do, mm-hmm. right? What's the next, what's the right thing mm-hmm. to do here? What's sometimes morally it's, correct? Sometimes it even sucks. if we suffer, <laughs> so, yeah. if we suffer like, Shit,
0: that's the right thing to do. And then you know that that's a, when that's the feeling, then you're like, damn well, that's must so do spiritual that. <laughs> that is so spiritual so you're asking me what's spirituality <laughs> that's a spiritual spiritual thing because you just know you yeah. know you're like oh, i hate it yeah damn that <laughs> actually sucks that that's sucks. what we have to that's yeah, the yeah. phone call we have to make that's the move that's the apology we need to give that's the dollars we need to spend that's yeah. you know
1: and so to give you an idea of my journey a little bit and things that i share with newer you know addicts trying to recover from their addiction is uh you know i stole from from an employer in a big way. Like, I didn't steal, I robbed the employer, okay? <laughs> I forget the story, I'm and, sure you should. Well, I don't know if it's the same one, because I might have done it more <laughs> than so once. Fair. I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so I robbed an employer, and I th- hopefully the statute of limitations are gone, but the employer knows about it, so hopefully they don't want to. Yeah, that's right, I think you did show This is one. like yeah. over 40 years ago now, I think, and or about 40 years ago. And, you know, one of the steps is do the next right thing. So I was making money. I was earning a living. I knew I had stolen this money. I knew it had had an impact right, at that time on sure, the yeah. business. And I reached out and coordinated a very conscientious process to try and make an amends, to try and apologize and to give the money back. And nobody really remembered how much money it was at that point. It was many years later. It was probably 10 years later and, or more. And, um, but I went back. And I and I met with them and, and and they're the reason I could do it in part was because they're humble, mm. kind, healthy, mature people. <laughs> yes. You know, yeah. because a vindictive lunatic <laughs> might not have been the Chase you best with a baseball person. bat. That's right. And one, <laughs> there he is. That's right. And one of the tenets that we follow, one of the kind of guidelines we follow is that we don't want to do things that harm, you know, those people or other people, ah, right? Other people could be ourselves. Like, we're not going to do anything yeah. to, I don't want to do anything to apologize if it's going to truly harm me in a foundational way. Like, if you have a choice between shutting down your marketing systems and, you know apologizing to somebody well you're going to apologize to somebody you're not going to shut down your marketing systems because doing that is going to destroy your business like it doesn't make any sense and so there's always that balance of not not doing harm right and so you know i'm a big science fiction guy because there's all these principles that people write about in science fiction about not doing harm about not doing you know not influencing somebody if you know they if 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 they don't want to be influenced and so Anyways, so what I do today is I listen, which is remarkable because actually I brought a bunch of the people that I've been working with together recently for a breakfast. We went to Moe's Diner in Oakville. There's a oh, there's legendary a for Moe's. Yeah. So I got uh, 16 people at Moe's Diner. Oh, last, wow. Last Sunday. You ate
0: last, well. I know
1: you ate well. So two guys ordered the $50 breakfast and tried to eat it all. What? I don't even know what that one is. It's a, if, you, if you eat it all. A dozen eggs. No, what they do is they fill it up with carbs. Oh, so there's no possible way you can eat it all, right? <laughs> oh, like you order normal pancakes at Mo's, and they're you know oh, they're like you know six inches across. You order the you order this th- special, and they give you like four, like 14 inch pancakes, like ten pounds. <laughs> all their portions, the chicken cano's. breast, oh yeah, and it it's so amazing. I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. It's a good meal. Anyways, I got all these people together, and they agreed that maybe I don't do as much listening as I could do because I'm a bit of a talker. Uh, sharing what we talk about sharing our, uh, you know, I talk about sharing my experience, strength and hope and, and, you know, what happened and what it was like when it was happening and what it's like now and how much it's changed and how much effort, you know, I've put in and the things that I've worked on mentally, spiritually with other people as well to understand, you know, how to get up in the morning and function throughout the day without being a lunatic without. So when I, when I was getting clean, I got diagnosed as a sociopath, which is, you know, again, I'm not a clinician, but my definition is, is somebody who has absolutely no feelings towards other people, no sensitivity about how my life is impacting other people's lives. And it Shit, means that I, I can heavy. steal from you, you. I could rob from you. And I was behaving sociopathically. Th- this was told to you. Oh yeah. How did by you, a clinician. How, how did you handle that? Well, I was like, am I? Okay, maybe I am. And, it, and one of the reasons I bring it up is because today what I see is a lot of people are coming in with a variety, are trying to get sober, and they've already been diagnosed with a variety of quote-unquote conditions and all these mental health labels. And so what I see is I see a lot of people attempting to get off the dope or off the alcohol who then immediately say... Well, but, you know, I'm also this broken or that mm, broken. I also use it as a crutch. in this way. And whether they're using it as a crutch purely, whether it's valid, my input is whatever your doctors have told you uh, likely has some foundation in truth. Because it was for sure true for me that I was behaving sociopathically when I was getting sober and before I was sober. However, why not... Eliminate the consumption of too much of alcohol or drugs and put some distance between that and practice some foundational human relation principles like, you know, I don't care what version you want to follow, you know, Confucius, Buddha, the Ten Commandments, there's a million of them out there. There's a million books that have been written on how to improve your thinking and your behavior. And my principle is let's behave our way into good thinking. It's very difficult for me to think myself into a better place. It's much easier for me to act. To take a step forward to do something useful for myself today and then retrospectively look back and say, hey, you know what? I feel pretty good about the fact that I just made that change in my life or I did that improvement. Mm -hmm. I think back to your story about being grossly unfit
0: and Mm -hmm. now look at you right mm-hmm. and you know you had to make i don't it. want to do it just there with mike right. yesterday yeah and mike came up with some cockamamie <laughs> plan he's like i got this is what mike said last week i'm i'm really hoping he listens to this we do at the end of these workouts we do these 100 calorie sprints sometimes just 100 calories on an assault bike you know these horrible bikes mm-hmm. as fast as you can or 30 seconds on 30 seconds off for 10 minutes 10 rounds and then he, last week he's like well instead of doing 100 calories i found something easier we could do we can do 200 calories but we'll break it up a little bit so it'll be easier and i'm like mike i don't know how your brain works but the way my brain works <laughs> Suffering. is that if you he do 200 cal, if 100 <laughs> calories sucks 200 <laughs> calories is in no way better it doesn't matter if the pace at which we do it change like this is just but yeah, he's yeah. like no that it's, it's better and he's just looking i yeah, mean yeah. i do it and it actually ended up working out but but on, i just want to mention when you're talking about all this the people you surround yourself does seem to matter. Like, Nick's always been working out. Mike works out. And now we were in Florida and somebody commented, they're like, what's with all the rock star people who are all taking care of themselves. Like some people like to run. Some people like to do body weight stuff. Some people like to do CrossFit. Some people feel like, but I honestly, I just think it is just who you hang out with. Okay. So this is human condition stuff. So
1: I said, if you buy in, so if you're, if somebody's struggling with needing to change something in their lives, doesn't matter if it's addiction, you want to change something in their lives. If you buy in, to uh, 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 the belief systems of people who have changed that in their lives, and copy what they're doing, which is an action. I'm gonna. I'm willing to copy Tom. I'm willing to copy Nick. That's what you did. You were willing to copy your brother, right? I just, and I, I just But you had to get to a place where you were a mess. It was a bad, you I, you I, I, I
0: stood on a scale on Thanksgiving right. and I looked at that weight and then, and then I got rushed to the hospital a few times right. on stomach. It wasn't pains. like it was just, no, it was a, a bottom. Agreed. And we would call that a spiritual bottom. That was a bottom. And was a there's a something bottom. else you're mentioning when you talked about like Buddhism, the 10 commandments, there's all these different things that you could follow just as maybe different principles to live your life by. I'll never forget reading that book by Dale Carnegie, how to win friends Absolutely. and influence people. And that taught me when I was Going just into the corporate world to use people's names and remember their names and just these little kind of tips on how to just have human relations. And I started applying those and it really worked. And that little book really gave me a framework I didn't have to just interact with people. So to me, it doesn't even have to be a religion. It was just this book that said, Hey, you know, if you just do something as simple as remember people's names, when you speak to them next time, use their name, they'll really appreciate that. And I did that for over 150 salespeople and it just Everybody wanted to talk to me and use me on their calls. And it really got my own. My own success was almost pulled up just because I was being polite. It was the weirdest thing. And something else that I want to share. It brings
1: you closer to people, right? So you're right yeah. about the circle of influence. So the circle of influence in, in addiction recovery is that, you know, we call it uh, playmates. What do we call it? Playgrounds, playmates, and playthings, right? So I have to change the playground. I have to change the playmates and i have to change the play things mm. you know so today you know i hang around with a bunch of sober people i'm addicted to golf <laughs> So, you know, I've changed all those things. it right? seems to have that on many people. Yeah, yeah.
0: Anyways, <laughs> we had a very competitive uh, competitive mini put. I don't know if Nigel. Yeah, I, told I heard you a little that.
1: bit about the mini putt. I saw it referenced somewhere. You mentioned must have yeah. referenced. Yeah, it yeah, because I was
0: somewhere. the Canada champ and America champ, uh, but now Nigel has taken the America yes, champ away uh, from yeah. me. He kind of yeah. crushed me on the, yeah. on the on the on the last <laughs> round. There's no doubt. But also, when I was doing real estate, Nick and I were buying rental properties, and I had already flipped properties. Then I bumped into Ruben Furtado at Oracle, and he was like flipping properties properties on a much grander scale than I was flipping. And I just had this light switch moment. I'm like, oh, instead of flipping properties at this price point or this many a year, we could probably just double everything. And it was just seeing him change my own context. So just another example, like change your playground, change your people, change what was the last thing. Playmates, playground, and play things. Yeah, like it just... I, once you change the playground a little bit, you run into sometimes these other people automatically. <laughs> yeah, and then you start playing a different playing a different game and it's a different play thing. Like it's
1: the difference between, you know, uh four little what are they, four little greenhouses and one red hotel. Yeah. But I can right? see
0: if you have an addiction to to associate yourself with people in a new playground can be difficult oh, because you're gonna be probably a lot of people are just gonna push you away also.
1: So the degree of that's it's and it and, and what what we've learned, what I've learned, and what my friends seem to also share with me is that a lot of what happens in a room with a group of people is happening inside your own head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. Yeah, for and, sure. and, you know, and if you just stop with the noise and stop focusing on the noise so much and just be present. Uh, Like I was talking to a young man last night, 25 year old guy, and he's been sober for a little while. It's not like he's a brand new person who's never, you know, had any experiences in in being sober, but he's just, he struggles with insecurity. He struggles with Mm -hmm. self-judgment. He struggles with fear. He struggles with being, feeling like an outcast. Like one of the reasons that he, you know, was an addict was because he felt like, you know, he didn't belong anywhere. Nobody loved him. Nobody cared about him. And that's a very common theme. Nobody cares about me. Nobody loves me. Nobody wants me around. I don't deserve. Once you do a bunch of bad behaviors, it's easy to, because we're mostly moral people, right? So you, you start to think, I don't deserve it. I'm never going to be worthy of anything. And that's a language that gets repeated. I often say to people, if you heard, if, if I talked to you, Tom, the way I talk to myself, you'd hate my guts Mm -hmm. because I'm so mean to me inside my own head. And the best example is, oh, I tipped it over and spilled the water on the floor. Oh, you're such a fucking idiot. You know, you're so stupid. That's the language that I was using towards myself for many years, even even while knowing all this, and so now I'm working on recognizing. No, nope, that's just a spill. It's no big deal. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. It's not going to change the world. Nobody's going to think about this in five years' time. Like, you know, right? Like, who cares? Five minutes time. Yeah, five minutes time. Right. <laughs> I, uh, I I was I was. Cutting an onion and then I went to put it in the bag that it was in and I put it in the bag and it went right through the bag and right to the bottom of the floor and the flat part of the onion that I cut went right on the floor last night, right? And I'm on the phone while I'm doing this with earbuds in and I burst into laughter because the sound it made and the look that it had on the floor and the guy's like, what's going on? And I'm like, I just you know, spilled an onion all over the floor. Well, that would have been, oh my God, what that a was mess, thinning. what a drag, you know, how inconvenient, how stupid are you? Why didn't you pay
0: attention to that? Like the self-judgment. So, so how is that, that self-talk that just comes over time? Cause I, I sometimes yeah, well, question be, that about be, myself. Like sure. sometimes you could be. Just overconfident, too, because I sure. sometimes see people that make and no becomes,
1: mistakes. It and looks I'm, like it's arrogant and yeah, there's a balance. It's right? this
0: weird throttling of this that yeah, seems Like you said about life being a balance. Yeah.
1: So it's both sides. So my language, I need to circle myself with people who laugh at me when I'm stupid <laughs> and who support me when I'm lonely and are sad and both. Right. Uh, it's gotta be a mixture of all of those things. It's gotta be a balance. Like, like true friends are going to be pretty honest with me yeah. at times. Uh, maybe I don't want to hear it. Um, um, but I work on, you know, again, uh, willing and open-minded, right? So the core things that helped me, help me to get sober in the first place was to be open to the idea that what I've been doing isn't working. So I'm willing to change. Wow,
0: yeah, huge first step. Right? Yeah,
1: And I'm willing to listen to other people who have done this before. And boy, oh boy, didn't I just really describe somebody who's got their money in mutual funds too? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Like it's the same thing. I'm open to changing and I'm willing to doing it the way other people are doing it and being successful at it. So I think that one of the reasons that for me that I'm even willing to sit here and have this conversation is because I see that, really it's not that different it's just a it's just a grosser and literally gross at times like it's really gross being an addict at times mm-hmm. it's a grosser example of of
0: yeah it's a of, different manifestation of the of same, same, same
1: kind of lines of reasoning and the same kind of experiential yeah. belief systems right like i get stuck in a path you know like like so one of the things that happened to me recently you know here's a here's a the language that if I wasn't regularly exposed to Rockstar this is the kind of language that I would have been living by as it relates to investing so i had several hundred thousand dollars in an rsp okay and it was in mutual funds. And, and there was a period of five years where it was like static, like there was absolutely zero growth. And, and my wife at the time was like, you know, I hate this guy that's got us in these mutual funds. It's all his fault. And I'm like, well, oh, actually, no, it's not it's my fault because I got us in the mutual funds. I bought, you know, the, whatever he was selling. Right. And uh, and so I pulled it all. OK. And I pulled it all. Immediately prior to the largest bull run in the stock market history. So when was that? 2010? I don't know when it was, twenty eleven. Yeah, yeah, about right? then. Okay. Yeah, I think, so 20, somewhere- I
0: think two, 2009 was actually the very, very bottom, and yeah. then it just
1: rocked. Okay. So let's say I pulled in ten or eleven and I bought a couple of I bought a couple of student rentals mm-hmm. with that money, it took the tax hit, bought the student rentals, um, and uh and they're about forty-five minutes. 60 minutes in bad weather from my house manage them myself Mm. okay so we go 10 years further along right and the student rentals because they're in a small town a small community i'm not going to name the community because we don't want to be mean to any towns but you know because they're in a smaller town and a not so great community with not a lot of other economic prospects they're not growing at the same they're not growing at the seven or eight percent you know gta value in terms of appreciation over that period of time well, pretty close because the rule of 72 says 7.2 times 10 years and they've doubled in value. So my perception is they haven't grown very much, but they have, they've, they've well, value, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can well, you see didn't buy. Did you buy them all cash, those ones? No, we put so half. There's down. leverage too then. There was leverage. So it's gold. Yeah. So the money has multiplied. The problem is there's been a lot of work. There's a lot of tenant yeah. turnover. We've managed those ourselves and it would be now, you know, I, I, I have to evaluate everything because of, you know, getting divorced. And so we put a number on it. We say, that's what it's worth today. And it was 2021 <laughs> oh, and now it's like, okay, now you want to yeah. sell them in 2023 yeah. or 2024 yeah. and they're not worth as much. Of course. And so it would be so easy <laughs> yeah. to say, Oh my God, if I had just left yeah. it all in the yeah, mutual oh, funds, <laughs> so easy to say that yeah. the truth is, the odds of it going up, 7.2% compounded for 10 years to double in value in the 10 years. Like I didn't do the research, but I pretty much know because I got lots of friends who are still <laughs> with that same investor, uh, and they haven't seen a doubling mm. and a quintupling. Mm. And actually, they took me on a boat cruise 10 years ago when all this was going on, and they said, well, if you if you three times leverage your investing with us, Whoa. three times leverage you're investing with so you so you borrow... So, you put a hundred grand in and you borrow 300 grand more, we'll give you the same return as real estate.
0: Mm-hmm. That's what the guy said to me on the mm-hmm. boat. Which is what they have to do, but wow. Because
1: it's the reverse of what we do. Yeah. yeah. We're really three thing. times leveraged as well mm-hmm. when you yeah. really think about
0: it. Yeah. Yeah. Could be right? four times. Yeah. Could be four times. Yeah.
1: Leveraged. Right and could be five times could be five times, five times yes and so but what ends up happening is is that the asset doesn't plummet potentially as much as 98% mm-hmm. in a given season and the institution that lent you the money says well now you have to pay us all back Yeah, it's there's not mark no to market in real time either yet. yeah that's right and there's no and there's no underlying surety uh, of risk for the mm-hmm. lender so the lender will come and call the margin at any time which doesn't happen normally in real estate mm-hmm. keep paying your mortgage, they don't want
0: to call you. They mm-hmm. just want you to pay your You've yeah, actually never seen that happen. Right? Um, I'm, Maybe. I'm sure someone US, hearing sure. right now, there's probably some private lender, I shouldn't say, there's probably some private money out there where the private money lender did say, but hey, I, you're paying, but I want my money back. Yeah.
1: But that would be a built into the contract. They would have sure. known going yes. in. Yeah. So anyway, so I think that the, I think that for me, my recovery, my recovery from addiction, which has not been a linear path. If anybody is listening to this and thinks, what a great guy Joe is, you know, he was a drug addict and he was, said he was a thief and you know, whatever else he was. And today, you know, I'm just happy, healthy, joyous and free. Uh, The truth is, is that I still have lots of things about myself that I would like to improve. I have uh, habits that are not productive. I have um, lines of reasoning that lead me to dead ends and dastardly, you know, Mm -hmm. emotional feelings. And uh, But what I refuse to do is suffer. So the best line that my that is in my circle is somebody I don't spend a lot of time with sadly because he's in Halifax is my brother and he one of my brothers and he likes to say shit happens suffering is optional
0: mm-hmm.
1: right shit happens suffering is optional and stuff's going to happen in life how I choose to respond to it and again this is one of the reasons why I, I follow so much of your productive content because that's really, isn't that really an underlying message to the point where you guys have a sticker with a turd?
0: Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he deals, deals with the most shit wins. wins, right? Yeah. And I always try to think if shit happens, I'm always like, oh, this is going to be interesting to see what happens on the other side. Yeah, but because you weren't like that 10 no. years
1: ago, because I've been following you for no. a long, long no. time. You were Mr. Catastrophe. Huh? <laughs> you were, right?
0: You were Mr. Tearful. <laughs> oh man, we've you know, been through a lot I, of shit and we've been through a lot of shit. I was coming here and I we've had- we blocked shit with our bodies. More, yeah. <laughs> more Nick than me. More Nick than me on that one. and didn't get to that level, but we have blocked shit. But yeah, I thought we've lost everything before. And then like, oh my God. Okay, s- Speaking of blocking shit, I have to give a shout out to my
1: 20 year old uh, daughter who is uh, um, a 4.0 GPA getting three degrees at once in university at the same time and plays on uh, and she's recruited to play um, uh, hockey. She's a goaltender playing for a university in the U.S and Haiti, uh, and for some reason we thought also being a property investor at 20 made a lot of sense too. So actually she was a property investor at 18. Wow. So she bought a uh, investment property in the city that she lives in in the US. And um, what made me think of it is blocking shit because she literally had the shit flying out. of the,
0: They Tia, flushed the toilet. You're she's one of standing us. Standing in Tia. the basement
1: and it's Tia. shooting
0: up out of the Tia. You're one of us. Of the by the way, congrats on everything. <laughs> congrats on everything, Tia. But you're one of us. Good egg. Welcome to the club.
1: Yeah, she's oh, a good egg. She's like, yeah, I'm done with my four year experiment or three year experiment of being a you know yeah. a student rental investor. I'm going to just go a year or two of just being me free, and free, free, of free of it but <laughs> who can blame know, her uh you know kudos to her for the humility and the hard work that she's done to do you, do you think that you
0: know so, it's interesting with that grade point averages <laughs> obviously you know joe you're a smart guy thank you do you think sometimes that could almost be a hindrance because you have the ability to hold a lot of things in your brain. So you can analyze things in 10 different angles that other people cannot. Yes. So sometimes your intelligence can almost, it's like something to manage. And I find with a lot of different intelligent people, I know Hmm. they can be, if they're self-aware, they can be critical of themselves in the way they view the world because they see people's faults and they see what people are saying versus what they're doing very clearly. And they're able to analyze a lot of this data where a lot of people cannot hold that much data and they can be then self-fulfilling in that they can be critical of a person because they see the way persons something, someone's saying something versus the way they're acting. And then they're like, well, why am I critical? I'm judging. I I, I shouldn't be that way. And it's, it's just I find with people who have the ability to process lots of information like you there's obviously a huge positive to being able to do all that but there's like this there's there's negative that, side that you have to kind of balance. have you ever talked okay, about so, that or so, yeah, thought about so, that a little
1: bit So if you build on the fact that I hated myself, and I hated what I was doing to myself, and I thought I was crazy. So I thought I was a psychopath, and then I got told I was a sociopath. (laughs) So I hated me, and yet I was no, you know, I used to get high and read novels. Just as an escape, yeah, you know, like I, I like I, you know, I'm a cerebral guy. I actually, in a phone call on the way over here, I'm like, okay, give me advice on, you know, what I can say and what I can't say in this upcoming podcast I'm about to do. And the guy says, Joe, you're overthinking it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) you're you're planning what you're going to say. You have no idea. And I said, yeah, the truth is, Tom's going to take this thing in a million different directions. I have no idea where we're going to talk about. So you know so yes so because i tend to the negative thinking so so a, as an addict i catastrophize i think that every situation is the end of the world my poor coworkers over the last 30 years you know like i'll be the i'm mr fixer wherever i've worked i'm mr fixer i'm the guy who can I, like I, I i take a the buck stops here kind of approach and the, it's going to get resolved and then somebody'll bring me a problem i'm like oh my god what's the end of the world that I, you know, eventually I get wrapped around. I have I got to fix it. But the reality is, is that's where my natural mind goes to the negative. So, so with all this information and accumulating opinions and and and, and having a perspective and developing my thoughts on things. It is dangerous to me to buy into my own bullshit. And so there's a song. So I, I break a lot of stuff in my life down to songs. So there's a great one for this. It's, oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way, right? So, you know, the, the right? right? Is that? Can you think of that song in your head? Oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble. Anyways, so for me, recognizing that uh, whatever the other person's perspective is, Whatever the other, whatever the decision making be made by the government, whatever the decision making be made by my industry, by my coworkers, by whoever it is, by my relationship, acceptance is the key to my own sense of self-satisfaction, my own sense of comfort. So if I look at it and say, is this, you know, a flag I want to plant and a war I want to have, uh, then I'm going to do something about it. And because I will, I do have Prodigious energy for things that are important to me. Uh, I, if I put my mind to it, things will change here. Mm-hmm. I can tell, right? Yeah. Period. Things will change if I put my mind to it, but I have to decide. I have to choose what are the wars? You know, my dad used to say to me when I was an idiot to my mother as a kid, he used to say to me, is it better to be loved or to be right? Mm. And it's always, and you, and you
0: didn't, that didn't resonate at no, the time. No, I was always right. And I didn't give a shit about being mm. loved. So at that time it was more important to be right.
1: Yeah. And, and it's immature and it's spoiled and it's self-centered and it's self-absorbed. So you have more empathy now. This yeah. Time. Which means I'm not a sociopath by the way that, that, yeah. you know, and that, it was funny. That
0: breaks that definition. Well, good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. Like I actually care what you think, how you mm. feel, what's going on for you, how I can help. Um, you know, I'd like to do more. Sometimes I feel like I'm not doing enough, which again is that language that you have in your head of, oh, I'm so prodigious and so I could do all these
0: You don't things. even know the way you've impacted people. Listen, we were in an event probably way back when there was maybe 300 people in the room and you were standing at the side of the, we were on this little stage talking about some economic update, central banking again, whatever I was up there saying. And you were at the side, I think it was at the, before the whole thing started or at a break and you kind of screamed out. I remember you standing at the side, but maybe you were sitting, but you were at the side and you were like, well, how about something to invest with an RRSP? RSPs? like, yeah, yeah. why don't you guys have, you think yeah, you're yeah. so hot shit, eh? Why don't you guys, no, that. I know you didn't say that part, but that's the way I like to remember it. All. I remember that. All my friends will I say standing. that I, I like to accentuate stories. So I add in these little <laughs> exaggerations. And I yeah, always yeah, say, yeah. but isn't the story better a little bit when I add these <laughs> things in there? Um, So you, you said, yeah, how about you find something with RRSPs where we can invest in? And that led to us finding Graybrook. And you can, yeah. I can't tell you, there's many people here now that have been with us for over a decade and they're like, hey, actually, Tom, I'm going to stop investing in, in properties and I'm going to switch all my stuff oh, over to Graybrook great. because, you know, we're at this age now. For Graybrook, you have me to thank for all that. Yeah. And and I just want you to know, do you know how many people have impacted who have properties and stuff in Greybrook? And I was just meeting with another gentleman who's been through some rough times in his recent life. And he told me this, that if it wasn't for Greybrook, he doesn't know where he'd be because it's been some he's invested over years. So every once in a while, there'll be a hit of income when a project completes. So every two or three years and. Um, you know, I don't want to get into all the things he's been through in his life, but this, these hits of income right now from seeds he planted years ago are really beneficial in his life. And Joe, that all came from a comment that you yeah. said that made us think, wow, yeah, we really should have something for people who have RRSP money. And then it made us listen to Graybrook more. And then we met, met with them like a dozen times and we thought they were like crazy or something. turns out they were, we couldn't find a hole in what they were doing. So we engaged in this longstanding. Well, I think we've been having a relationship with them for, I don't know, a dozen years or something.
1: It's, it's been a long time. It's, it's been at least... A, At least 10 because I've been with them the whole time. Right. Like when we, when I actually, just to be clear, you're investigating them and I actually started with them before you partnered. Okay. I forgot. I forgot that. So, but
0: it was your comment and just think how many, since we've mentioned them, how many people have benefited through your comment? Wow. That
1: one comment. My favorite was when I sent you, the fax. Do you remember the facts? I do remember this. So you asked for feedback on yeah. the facts, and yeah. I started giving feedback and I
0: ran out of room. A space so and I you wrote, wrote it all, all around. around. Yeah, 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 of, yeah. You've been really <laughs> helpful. Here's what else you guys are doing wrong. And I would like to know, you're really great at what you're doing, but. but. <laughs> <laughs> if you just uh, did it just, this way, uh, look, I, lo- I love what you guys have done. Yeah, you're being now too. Now we're reversing revolt roles, and I'm you're being you're being too kind. But think about that that one thing you brought up, yeah. and the impact that that's had. That's coming from you. Like that literally that, and I I think that's all the little impacts we all have that when someone's critical on themselves and they say one comment to somebody at the car dealership and they don't think that's a big deal. And that person, that one comment, the door you held open, the the beautiful comment you gave on someone that day on how they look or something or how they made you feel could change the whole freaking course of their life. And I know that sounds silly, but I believe it a hundred percent. So I'm going
1: to bring this back to, uh, you know. Uh, you're probably late, right? Yeah, no, so. I'm good. I'm still good. We're, <clears throat> we're good. So, we're so good. I'm going to bring it back to something that's been resonating with me and I've been thinking about throughout all of this is. Um, uh, so just a couple of weeks ago, um, a guy who I had done service work with to help these committees organize themselves and handle our websites and handle this is not my business. This is my kind of spiritual addiction recovery journey. We have websites and we have all kinds of stuff that helps people to find their way. And this guy worked on the website, and he and but he was still struggling with his addiction at the same time, and he just died, uh, just a couple three weeks ago, from his addiction. And um, that's the latest of a series of. Many, many, too many people to even name off that I've known over the last thirty or so years. I know a family where um, where I used to party. Uh, one of the the youngest son was my tenant at a when I was still an active addict, and I used to rent out rooms because then I would live for free. I told you the story, right? But that was a different. I had multiple apartments where I was doing those kind of rental things and. Uh, Anyways, uh, he's the only one still alive of all the boys from addiction. Um, I know people who, who I partied with in the 1980s who are still using drugs today. And, you know, I like to think I look okay. Mm -hmm. You're looking great. Um, uh, and I'm a little bit genetically blessed. My mom looked great right into her eighties. So I'm fortunate that way. But, um, you know, people don't look so good when they've been using drugs from you know fifteen to fifty. and um, I you know I also know people who who have been written off by society, by their community, by their family, completely uh, victims of some of the most heinous acts that society can imagine, both war victims and and, you know, home type victimizations Uh, and they're sober and they're living wonderful lives. Some of them are wonderfully successful in giving back to others. Some of them are, you know, limping along, but trying to, you know, piece together a life for themselves. And so, you know, for me, seeing those people, like they're never going to be, a lot of those people will never be a rockstar client and they're not likely to, um, become too exposed to somebody who's essentially putting themselves out there as helping investors buy real estate. And, you know, so to me, remembering that there's a lot more of those people out there than there are of of us that are buying real estate. And, you know, uh, yeah. we've all seen it. I mean, uh, how many people have had a... I saw a rock star video, Anthony, and one of your coaches with his house that got destroyed. With the hoarder.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah.
1: And I mean, you know, that person is, is, uh, is, is sick, they're unhealthy, and they need help. And I can't say it enough, not everybody's going to change, not everybody's going to recover. Many people are going to die in their misery, and it's tragic. But if there's anything you can do or I can do to help them, it's worthwhile, and often all you can do is lend an ear and be kind. Um, so Cons- that Consistently sounds like consistently. Well, I've done a consistent... Tr- I shouldn't even say I've done it consistently. No a period I'm of time not, where I wasn't sure. very useful to people. I had some people in my world, but I wasn't doing as much, but... I know but people you your, who are so consistently.
0: I just mean even your sister leaving that voicemail. That's what I mean. Being That's what I mean.
1: So I've made this one guy call me every day for the last 45 days. Every day he has to call me. If he doesn't wow. call me, I don't know what'll happen. There's nothing that'll happen. He won't have suffer any consequences, but he'll feel bad. So, you know, we have to talk every day, right? And by talking every day uh, for a few minutes, yeah, I've gotten to know the person and he's just like me. And yet... He's actually, you know, I'm a Jew, he's a Muslim, Uh, right? Uh, I come from, you know, reasonably healthy mental circumstances and a lot of success and a lot of people that did a lot of good things when I was a kid and I was just a spoiled punk ass prick. And, And this guy was a victim of of a society in another part of the world that he had, they had no control of and they became refugees and the whole deal. And they're to, you know, it's totally different. And yet he's exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. Fearful yeah. and
0: insecure and jealous and neurotic and overthinks it. And, and yeah, it's easy to label you know, people at group, at the group level, at the community yeah. level, but at the individual level, we We're all have the same fears, similar. the same yeah. challenges, very the same success.
1: Right. Very similar, very similar. And so I, You know, so it helps me. I don't know if I'm helping him, but
0: it certainly helps me. Mm -hmm. That's Uh, the weird part. That is such, it's so interesting that you said that. Like here at Rockstar, sometimes people come up to us and say, oh my gosh, you've helped me in this way and that way. They don't understand how much, I guess, maybe us trying to help people has helped me.
1: And that's the spiritual root of this. So, so there's a, there's a principle that I believe in that if it is spiritual, it will live. And if it's not, it will go away. Mm. And, um, and, it, and it's for everything. It's for macro stuff and it's for micro stuff. Um, we all think that, you know, macro, we all think the economy is teetering on some major, you know, reset or whatever, whatever. Well, if it's spiritual, it will live. I don't know how everybody borrowing gajillions of dollars can be spiritual, (laughs) right? But on the, on the, on the more, you know, smaller community level, you know, building a business like, yeah, hard work. And there's a bunch of things that have to go into it. But at its core, if you treat your clients right, if you treat your Employees right, if you if you build something that has some logic and sense and meaning for people that are involved with it, it's probably gonna survive. And it may end up being something way bigger than you could ever dream. And I think that's, you know, just from watching you guys since, you know, edition one of the newsletter um I would say that's probably true for you guys. You had no idea. There's a line we say in, in in addiction recovery, we say, if I sat down when I was getting sober and set a series of goals for myself um, and and stuck to it, and that was all I wanted to achieve in life, I would have sold myself so short mm. because who I saw myself as at 20, whatever or 30 whatever, I uh, was totally different than who I am today and who I've grown into and what I've learned, And what I've achieved, and we get growth from recognizing our own achievements, we get growth from recognizing achievements of others, and we also can overachieve Mm -hmm. what we thought we could do just by... Doing what you always mm-hmm. talk about,
0: you know, just taking the next actions today that are going to have meaning, mm-hmm. you know. Like, and that I think helping that. other. I'm sure when you take those phone calls, like you just well, you just said it. It gives you purpose and meaning to help people. Like I think when I was younger, you read these financial books, and you're like, well, if I if I had this much cash flow, if I had this much money in right. the bank, that would be it, and I would be taking vacations and I'd be happy. And now I've met enough people to know that that's not the case at all. Yeah. You do definitely there's some level of financial freedom that allows you to like maybe go to the restaurant and order what you want and not really have to care about it too much. And that's kind of nice, but beyond maybe that everything else, all the meaning in life seems to come from the relationships and what you're putting out with other people and getting back from those relationships and your regular message that resonates regularly in your
1: material about that topic. I mean, your life, your terms, right? The whole thing. It,
0: it, it, Mm. it, it ultimately is why I'm sitting here. Yeah, today. you're being too. Wait, yeah, I feel you're being no, but, too, too no. kind, but thank you. Yeah. This goes to everything we're talking about and then myself, because then it's interesting for anyone listening when you have your own self talk. When Joe was just saying that about Rockstar and where Rockstar could go, yeah. your self talk immediately, like, here's my self talk. I don't know if this is helpful for anyone. My self talk is like, shit, Joe's saying all this nice thing. Does that mean if Rockstar doesn't do well over the next mm-hmm. few years, we've fallen off the course Fear and we're not insecurity. serving people? Yeah. So I'm just sharing that. Yeah, yeah. Because that's my own self-talk of when Joe's saying these beautiful, kind things, you just immediately go, oh shit, Like I got to make sure we keep doing things right. Otherwise, will people judge Rockstar and not being around and say, maybe they went off the course. And you know, that's just, I'm just sharing that because that's my self-talk. And I think sometimes people look at me and like, oh Tom, you got it all figured out. No, we're all battling our own shit. so
1: So there's two things that come to mind. One is that, you know, great, you know, with great success comes great responsibility mm-hmm. or whatever the line is. But the other one that comes to mind for me is, have you read Aunt Ayn Rand, mm-hmm. right? So that idea that not everybody is going to lead, yeah. but the leaders have a degree of responsibility to continue to lead and not- Is this, to step her, no, is this her Atlas Shrugged book? or I've yeah. not read Fountainhead. Fountainhead. Yeah, they're all really thematic. Yeah, okay. They really are. And, you know, the idea that- We become targets. Like how many times have you become a target? Yeah. Right. We become targets because we're leading, because we're following what we think is morally and spiritually and and practically correct. And we're not always right, and sometimes you know you can see merit in what the target shooter is saying, you know, Uh, and you have to learn from it and pivot a little bit. Makes you better. But the reality is, is that not everybody wants to be out there on the stage. Not everybody wants to, you know, be the leader, the guide, the the one doing it, and. I used to say that I've always either been the leader of the pack or the enemy of the pack. I've never just been part of the team, right? I've never just ever just been part of the team, right? I struggle with just being part of the team, right? And so the problem for me is to... if. If, if my responsibility is to lead in some endeavor, whether it's helping somebody else or now I take on the obligation that that means I can't ever use drugs again. Because if I, you know, I'm helping these people stay sober and then they see me go, then what does that mean? Like, yeah, holy fuck, yeah, yeah, part of yeah, my French, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, it's not ever again because... You know, I subscribe to the belief that all I can control is what's happening right now. Right now, my life is perfect. I'm sitting in a podcast that's about to wrap up. I've got a meeting to go to next. You've got a meeting to go to next. And life is good. We're smiling. We're happy. We're enjoying ourselves. And, you know, maybe something useful has been said.
0: No, for and, sure. Right? And, yeah. How does someone, so? because I, 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 I know you have yeah. places to be here as well. How do these places that you participate in, how do they get funding? I'm sure some of it's the government and then oh,
1: donations. Not a single, what I'm involved in. Not a single dollar comes from any outside source. It's strictly self funded. Strictly. So what mean people don't donate? To, or that's what you mean? Like. Once you attend, if you believe you have a problem with drugs, then you're allowed to give money. If you don't have a problem with drugs, if you're the mother of somebody who has a yeah. problem with drugs, you, we won't take your money. Oh, so there's well, no
0: way for someone listening to donate. We're fully
1: self-supporting, declining oh, outside wow. contributions. Huh. Well. And what it does is enables us to just serve our purpose. And our purpose is to help addicts and alcoholics who are still psyched, And gambling addicts and other
0: people who suffer from other related disorders that are suffering. So... Is there anything you would like to leave people with that, that you would want them to check out if somebody's suffering a resource like via a website or a book or I don't know something to say like is there is there some way that someone might be listening to someone who has some addiction in their lives and they don't know what to do next
1: yeah I think that I think that the beauty of today's society. I'm. I i can not endorse any one organization because I'm not a. I'm not a representative or a spokesman for an organization. So it's my responsibility not to name names. Um, I'll give you a hint. It means that we stay anonymous. <laughs> <Got it. laughs> okay. And uh, by by remaining anonymous, we're able to do useful work. And. But I think that in today's society, you go online and you type in I, "I'm I have a family member who's struggling with drug addiction." I have a family member who's struggling with alcohol. The search is going to produce an, a, an unlimited hundred thousand links that you can follow. And yeah, it's a bit of a rabbit hole. But so I read a message from somebody just last night from our website. And the message said, in in a nutshell, it said, um, I have a, I have a sibling, I think it was a sibling, a family member who's, you know, wrecking their life and their spouse's life is being ruined as a result. I don't know what to do. What can I do? How can I help this person? that's the message that we were sent. And so somebody from our side sent a response Got it. and let them know, here's a list of things that you can do. Okay. And so I think ultimately it boils down to having an open mind and asking for some help, uh, and, and being willing to follow the help that's proffered the, you know, there's different types of uh, uh, means out there. The government certainly provides some facilities and private institutions provide some facilities. And then you have these these independent organizations that aren't looking for anything from anybody except, you know, wanting to help people who are suffering. And there's a ton of them out there. So hopefully, you know, and hopefully if somebody hears this and doesn't know what to do, they'll, they can reach out to you, they can reach out to me. I'm easy to find. You just Google my name and apparently podcasts come up along, oh, along just, with my right? Great. criminal Great. history, and a bunch of other things. <laughs> oh, oh, man. When Joe was 14, he was put into
0: a mental institution. Yeah.
1: We'll just leave you know, it with that. Oh, right. You know, well, Joe, online. I just
0: want you to know that like our paths have crossed in this way. And Nick and I both like when your name comes up, like we just like you know, is it a positivity that comes from just talking about you when you're not even around? So it really Really. like in in some way by you supporting us, it's given us confidence to keep going. There's like a select number of people that really believed in us early when we had the real doubts. There's are still doubts. Yeah. But when we really are like, what are we doing? And this is a struggle and this is hard. And are we going to make this? And people like yourself supported us. And you have no idea the confidence that gave us in those moments. So when you were going around trying to check us out, we were feeding off you being in our presence at these classes and events and sending these faxes with all the feedback written around like that really. It must re- have been a long time ago because it was, it was a, fax. a fax. Yeah. We kept the fax for a long time. <laughs> I think into 2000. 2018 finally someone said hey should we get rid of the e-fax number that you guys like got from a physical fax machine to the virtual and we're Like no, no, somebody still might communicate. Keep it one more year. We knew it one more year um, But uh, Yeah, that's the impact you had on us and there's probably a small group early on and you were one of them so I don't know how to say, say this other than just thank you for, you no, know, Well, thank you. Cause you've had a similar, you know, influence on me and, and, uh,
1: you know, I'm grateful for the association and I promote you out there and tell Yeah, people we know you do. It. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Yeah, yeah. We know you do. So, and one day I'll be able to golf like you, but I probably have to oh, go a little know. bit more. I saw, I have to bur- go more. Than... I said, but you make a par on that. I think last, I made a par on the last, last time. hole. was that like was l- this
1: incredibly difficult, incredibly long, He just got two l- beautiful was one of those... shots and two beautiful putts and he's yeah. in the hole. But definitely, because I still remember I think it. So I, I, made I know like that's a six or a seven on that hole, and he oh, made a no, four. You can
0: play, <laughs> you can play. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Thank you. Yeah, Merry Christmas, thank you. Joe. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Hey everyone, hopefully you enjoyed that uh, episode with Joe Glooby. You can reach out to him via his car website at carcostcanada.com, that's carcostcanada.com. And if you wanna check out all the benefits of becoming a Rockstar Inner Circle member, and maybe 2024 is your year to come and hang out with us, you can look at all the benefits that you would get by becoming a Rockstar Inner Circle member by visiting rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash member. That's rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash member. That's it with this episode. Until next time, your life, your terms.